Coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, our front nine includes a return of the big cat. That's right. We're talking Tiger once again, and also a big money LPGA Tour winner and a star maybe born on the PGA Tour, plus some super goofy displays of golf in Dubai for the DP World Tours finale in uh, Dubai there in the desert. Fascinating stuff. Uh, plus, we're getting to our annual holiday chat. That's our featured guest this week. Brandy Malloy, we have her on every holiday season. She has great tips for Thanksgiving, Christmas, holiday hosting, food tips, and a whole lot more going on with her life. Plus, when we always end with food, we're talking uh, turkey PSAs, everything you need to know to cook the right Thanksgiving dinner, our timelines, our game plans. We're getting you excited for Thursday here on the Course Life Podcast, and all of it is brought to you by our friends at Desert Fox Golf. We love Desert Fox. They make the phone caddy the Swing A Tumbler, it's the cigar holders, and everything else you need to make your golf round a great experience. And that's right, Desert Fox can be part of your next great golf event. If you're having a golf event or you know someone hosting a golf event, be sure to hit us up on social media because if you host a golf event and they have Desert Fox products at their golf event, you will get a cash referral. It's that simple. Just send us a DM on Instagram at COL Podcast or Course of Life Alex. That's right, COL Podcast or Course of Life Alex. Send us the event information. Tell us why they should have Desert Fox products there. Connects us to the team. If they have Desert Fox products at the event, you get a cash referral. That's right. Just for being a golfer, a listener, and enjoying what Desert Fox Golf does. Again, it's Desert Fox Golf to check out everything they have to offer. It's Black Friday week now. They have tons of discounts right now on all of their products and everything on the website. So check out the site. Use them for your next event and shop Desert Fox Golf. Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Course of Life. We are proud to be presented by our friends at Desert Fox Golf and the Live Take app. I'm Michael. He's Alex. And Alex, let's tee it off today with the big news that proves that I was completely and utterly wrong. Tiger Woods is going to play the Hero World Challenge, and that <laughs> means the golf world is losing its freaking mind because Tiger is back for the umpty umpt time. And I'm going to say right now, he's not going to be dead last, but there is no way he contends in this tournament. We, we probably could have just copied and pasted audio from maybe like, I don't know, 2018 last, or 2019 year, or 2021 ago, or 2022 yeah, exactly. or really, <laughs> to display that Tiger is coming back at the Hero. But here we are again. Tiger coming off an ankle surgery, eight month removes. We saw him walking with Charlie, his son, in some tournaments. We saw him hitting some wedge shots at the hay at Pebble Beach. And now all of a sudden, he's enrolling himself. He's taking that magical mystery uh, exemption spot at the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas. It's basically his own event. So essentially, he's going and teeing it up in an exhibition event that's his own in the silly season. It really means nothing in terms of the golf calendar. But now that we know Tiger's teeing it up, of course, Mike, we're going to tee it up. We're going to rev the engine up and we're going to get all excited again because the goat of golf is back playing once again. You know, but but like you said, silly season, this event means absolutely nothing other than bragging rights. I'm, I'm like, I feel like, do you feel like he was maybe he did this because 
the the sponsors said, "Hey, we need you in the field to get more eyeballs on this event," Wouldn't because hurt. you think he'd want to save himself for the PNC, so we can play with Charlie and maybe win this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true. Yes, but I mean I think like this is high on his list because this is kind of his hosted event, so he's always looking to show and, and just make a presence here. I'm sure he could have just walked the course and been the host and been on site there. But I know that would have been eating him alive, knowing him. He's just about good enough to be, I don't know, slightly competitive. We're all just guessing at this point. We really don't know. We're just going to get excited about it because it's happening. Tiger Woods is back. And yes, I think he's going to play this. I think he's going to play the PNC father-son with his son, Charlie. And then maybe we start talking around the holidays about Torrey Pines in January. And then we do that Augusta rev up the engine thing again. It feels like we're on the same track over and over again. And then he lets us down with some sort of injury in the spring. Uh, but here's to this maybe being a new leaf and him having another chance at, at resurrecting this. The bottom line, Mike, is this guy is just too addicted to golf. He can't give up the game and he absolutely needs to come back at any cost. Yeah, we'll 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 see. Here's here's uh, here's my question: Who has a better chance of winning on the Champions Tour when mm, Tiger decides okay. to go there? Does Tiger have a better chance, or in his current state, we we don't know how he you know his current track record shows that he's not going to be competitive. I don't think maybe ever again in his life. I think I feel like that's more and more clear the more we see of him. Or does recently released from prison? Uh, and Hel Cabrera have a better oh, chance wow. of winning on the Champions Tour. That's not the head-to-head I was expecting, Mike. <laughs> I thought you were going to take me down a few different roads there. Uh, uh, shout yeah. out to the recently released uh, convict that we talked about on last week's episode on Hel yeah. Cabrera, who's also won a green jacket to his own right. He's got yes. two major championships. He's trying to make a return of his own. I don't know which one, which one's going to happen first. How about they both happen at the same tournament? That that would be the ultimate headline. Right? They both when they they win together. <laughs> that, do they do that on the Champions Tour? <laughs> or if they make the same return at, at Augusta in April, it could be a sight oh, to man. see. But regardless, Tiger back, Tiger back. You'll see it all over social media now that you've heard the headline. Uh, so we'll be following that in the next twelve to fourteen days here before he teases up in the Bahamas. Uh, the PGA Tour finished up their money season at the RSM Classic just down the road for me in Sea Pines. Uh, and Ludwig Aberg, who we've known and loved all season and the world came to know and love at the Ryder Cup, how has a W under his belt? So Aberg uh, over under one major next season. Yeah, it's fair to ask, right? This guy has gotten all sorts of praise. Uh, Mike, here's the thing that he's got going for him. When the pl- when the pros play with him for the first time, they're blown away after about six to nine holes with his ball striking, and yeah. they compare him to Tiger Woods. And then when the ladies see him walk the fairways, they're blown <laughs> away by his good looks. So th- this guy really has everything so, going for him right now. I mean, are, are we saying he's going to be just like Tiger when Tiger was young and be a ladies man and then just go out on the course and win golf tournaments right and left. It feels like it. And this might be the predecessor. And this is a funny little moment. We might look back on this a couple years from now when he's got two or three majors hoisted up and say, wow, remember he won the RSM in November and he told us that he was ready to compete on the PGA tour stage. Yep. And this might be the moment when he's really not joking around. Um, he's been absolutely ball striking it to death. The Texas Tech um, alum is really crushing it on tour. He's the Ryder Cup hero, like you mentioned. 
young European, fresh on the scene. Rory's giving him his praise. Tiger's giving him his praise. So he's absolutely the real deal. And the annoying part, Mike, is I'm still stuck on Aberg because that is the way his name is spelled. But apparently, recent transgressions are coming out within the media. I think we need to be saying Oberg now. Uh, apparently, there's some sort of hmm. Scandinavian pronunciation. I think it's Oberg now. I don't okay. love this because it's spelled Aberg, but I think he's Ludwig Oberg from here on out. I, I know that's a little disappointing to you at this moment. Uh, you know, I will do whatever I'm told to do to honor <laughs> the athlete. So Ludwig Oberg. One and with that, he becomes one of those 10 guys in this new PGA Tour schedule signature event. Next 10, whatever. I don't know. There's so many different names being thrown out here. Gets into a bunch of big tournaments. He gets into the the Genesis and the AT&T Pebble Beach program. He gets to play in those two events, which are part of those designated events with what? Limited fields and no cuts. That sounds familiar. Uh, Next in a couple of years, I think they're going to have these events only be three rounds instead of four as well. So. Uh, and and the name that's missing from this list that I think is really disappointing is Camillo Villegas. After his big win last week, he did not do well enough to get into the top 10. I know he'll be getting into more tournaments for sure with his victory and his status is secure as far as a member. But yes, he's not going to maybe get into the top flight tournaments. Another guy we want to shout out is obviously our friend Dylan Wu, who just wrapped up a season at the RSM, finished 89th Mike. So, hey, the good news is he's not battling that conditional status like he was this time last year. We don't have to look all the way at the end of the field list and see if he's an alternate or if he's in. Yep. The good news is Dylan Wu is in, so he's going to relax and enjoy his offseason. Uh, so a lot of decisions were made there as far as PGA Tour membership, but good to see a, a friend of the show get some full status for next year. Also need to throw on another friend of the show who was easy money top 20s through the first half of the season last year was Taylor Montgomery. He'll he's in that next 10. So he'll be in uh, at Pell oh, Beach good. and the Genesis. OK, good to see. All right. So we'll see him at some big time events, too. So we'll be sure to catch up with Dylan and Taylor once the spring comes around, once it's a big tournament season. The DP World Tour, they wrapped up their season this weekend in Dubai at the World Tour Championships. And uh, another big name, Nikolai Hoygaard, got his W. Yeah, I saw that. The Of, of the famous Hoygaard twins. Yes. Rasmus and Nikolai, they're both getting it done out on the world golf stage. Nikolai winning the DP World Tour Championship in Dubai, the season ender. Big time event, big time win. I was watching a lot of the coverage my early mornings as I sip my coffee, and there were a couple of super goofy moments that we mm. we just can't avoid because yes. this game, Mike, we love this game. We're going to play this game for our entire lives. It has us addicted. It has us by the knots. But there are some really stupid things that go on in the Always. game of golf as you're watching tournament golf, and, and a couple of them were on glaring display this week. Yeah, uh, let's let's start with um, losing losing clubs in a, in a tree because that's just the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that's right. So it was Joost Leuten who who essentially he lost his ball up in a tree. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to get the ball to fall down off the tree so he can identify it, get a free drop, and continue on with his round. Now, unfortunately, in the process, he threw his driver up there, and his driver got stuck in the branch. You can see this whole video on social media. And then as he tries to get the driver out, the sign gets stuck up there. Another branch gets struck up there. Another club gets struck up there. And finally, he just gives up. I, I 
I, I never really even got the full conclusion. But the bottom line is, Mike, we play an utterly stupid game where if your ball gets lost in a tree and you can't identify it, then you're just absolutely screwed. What's what's the stupidest thing that's ever happened to your ball in the golf course? <laughs> I think maybe for me off the top of my head is being like like a mid bush shot, like a like a bush that's like three or four feet tall and it gets stuck about two or two and a half or three feet up into mm. the air projected off the ground. So essentially I had to make like a baseball like swing in a tournament. I remember as I was younger to hit a ball out of a bush. I think I only advanced it about five or six yards, but that's definitely the goofiest thing that's happened to me. That was a very weird moment. And then Rory about the day yeah. before he had hit a drive, essentially landed in the lap of a woman who had her legs cross legged. Um, it was in a very precarious position, but nonetheless, Roy did get a free drop out of that. Uh, just a couple of super stupid examples of this game that we love, but it, it really is just dumb when you boil it it's, down to its surface. It is dumb. It's a professional sporting event. These guys get paid a lot of money to do it. Rory's going to get paid a lot too, because even though he didn't win, he didn't win the entire season championship for the fifth time. Fifth time. This guy doesn't need to win. I don't. What? How does he even win on the DP World Tours? He just show up and play and get top fives. Yeah, and it's like one or two a year, and then those international victories in the in the WGCs used to carry a lot of weight on that tour as well. Too. Yeah. So that, that's going to change in the coming years as well. It is. It is indeed. The LPGA also finished their season. They were down in Naples, Florida, mm, for the Naples. CME love Group Naples. Tour Championship, and it was Korean Amy Yang who took the W. And two million dollars. Mm, that's a big prize right there at Tiburon. Yeah. They're playing at the Ritz Carlton course there, which I visited. Oh man, that was just last year when I visited Ali Ewing. It feels like a long time ago. I was there at the practice rounds, but um, it was really cool to see that course. Top 60 basically was their season ending event, the big money grab. And that's an impressive win for Amy Yang. She's been on the stage and won before on tour, but this is definitely her biggest win to date. Always great to grab that season ender. Our, our friend Gemma Driver had a pretty good season of her own. A few past guests had some decent finishes here uh, at Tiburon. But overall, uh, a fantastic finish to the LPGA calendar. Hey, over on our YouTube, if you haven't checked it out recently, we, of course, have part two from our time at the Desire Cup, which was held at TPC Sawgrass. We went behind... The scenes in the clubhouse got yes. a tour, got to see that was winning awesome. clubs from the Players' Championship. Uh, we had interviews in there from George's Lindsey Scott, as well as Florida's Terrence Barber and Shane Matthews. Those are big names in college football from Georgia and Florida. Indeed, so you, yeah, it was you really need to cool. check out those interviews. Yeah, it was fun to catch up with the legends. And then this week's video coming soon. Mike, I, I right after that, I, I jetted down to Southwest Florida. I got in a round of golf of my own. I'm mic'd up for a few shots. And then you'll appreciate this. 18 holes, head-to-head, me versus my wife. A, a lot on the line how, right there. So how I, many strokes did you spot her? <laughs> I did give her a few strokes. So we'll have to, you'll have to watch the video and see how that ended up. Uh, but good competition down in sunny Southwest Florida. Sunsets, seafood, golf. What more could you want? Coming soon to the YouTube page. Again, subscribe on YouTube at Course Life Podcast and check out the videos that we're dropping there every week in addition to the podcast as well. It's Thanksgiving weekend, so there is no golf, but there is going to be football 
football, football, and turkey. Yes, I got the Thanksgiving Day couch potato preview. Thank you for reminding me. That's right. My friends at Run Your Pool, Mike, they decide that they want me to write an entire article dedicated to laying on the couch, doing nothing, watching football, and eating food. They want me to write about this. So I previewed the entire day for you. I laid out exactly how to orchestrate your Thanksgiving Day. Uh, So there's a lot coming for everyone and sports fans this Thursday. All right, let's get to the turn and talk with Brandy Malloy. She is our resident holiday expert. This is what the fourth or fifth time she's been on the podcast, I think. It, you know what? It's a good sign when we're losing count on how many years we've yeah. had a guest. She's a great friend of the show, and and I love that she's back for another holiday season. That's right. We'll get everything we need to know from this TV personality, and she's the queen of awesome recipes. And she's going to give us everything we need to know about the holidays as usual. And before we get into this chat with Brandy, let's talk to you about the Live Take app. This is where sports debates are solved once and for all. Mm. And, uh, you know, it looked like people were agreeing with me uh, that uh, you should have your Thanksgiving dinner early, Alex. No, 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 no. The people are starting to come out of the woodwork and have decided to more agree with you is what it now is swung to. And this is is what happens on Live Take is that people start voting and you get all hyped up that you're right because you share your opinion on something again and people it looks like people agree with you and then all of a sudden they don't agree with you anymore and your heart is broken yeah the live take app is where you let your take be heard again download the live take app uh feel free to challenge us as well too we're open to any takes or debates regarding sports life or anything going on we debate golf football anything going on more where we debated an early versus late thanksgiving dinner time so, mm-hmm. so anything is up for grabs with us. And again, the beauty is everyone out there are the voters. You are the judges. You are the jury. You are the executioners as to who wins each of these live take debates. So make sure to download the live take app. Find us on there. COL podcast, Alex, COL podcast, Michael, and uh, give it a good as well. I think you're going to like it. I'm on there really kind of every day checking it out and voting on people's takes and, and letting them know what I think. So go ahead and download it on your app store today. Live take. Let your take be heard. Next up, she's our favorite follow on social media for recipes, life hacks, and just having fun with it all. It's our holiday season tradition. Brandy Malloy is back for another year that's passed on the course of life. Brandy, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Indeed. The years fly by. It's year number four having you on the show, but we appreciate your tips as always. And we love getting the life update of everything going on. Uh, It's at Brandy Malloy on Instagram and all the socials. Uh, Just to update you, uh, one year ago when we were last talking about the family, uh, one kid was full-time in school and the other was about three days a week. So have we gotten both kids into (laughs) full-time school yet? You're so good. Yes. And I keep waiting for it to be a game changer. But I'm so busy. I'm like, the the hours in the day, just there's never enough time. So Millie's in first grade. Sunny is in pre-K. So he'll be in kinder next year. But yeah, they are in school full time. And I'm still finding myself looking at the clock, you know, in disbelief that it's always time for pickup. I know, right? I was wondering if you got any minutes back in the day, but it sounds like you did not, unfortunately. (laughs) It's just been a busy season. I think even if you're not a working parent, there's so much to do being a grown up. It's just, it's not, it's never enough time. 
Yes, and then in terms of the meal prep, let's get to that as well. Because the last time we checked in, uh, your kids, we they already know their way around the kitchen. We know that. But they were starting mm-hmm. to get pretty bossy with their cravings for dinner the last time we spoke. Uh, so how's everything with the nightly dinner and organizing who eats what these days? Well, my husband and I have stayed committed to having a theme every single night. So on Mondays, we're doing Meatless Monday, Taco Tuesday, Wednesday's pasta. Thursday is a wild card. We either do an Asian night and just kind of find whatever's in the fridge and add rice or noodles to it, um, like a wild card. Friday is always Pizza Friday. And then on the weekends, we try to treat ourselves to going out to eat once. I love that. Nice little schedule. I don't think you had it quite that worked out since we've spoken last. Nice work. (laughs) And I've shared this with people and it can really be helpful because Meatless Monday can be anything. It can be roasted salmon with veggies and a baked potato, or it can be like a killer mac and cheese. It can be a potato cheese soup now that we're getting into the colder months. Yeah. I love it because we always have that one meatless meal. And then on Tuesdays, last night we had shrimp and mushroom tacos. Uh, The other week, my husband made ribeye tacos for my daughter. We do shrimp tacos or we'll do a burrito bowl. But the essence is always some type of Mexican theme. And we even play like mariachi music. It's, It's really fun. See, it's funny because people would think that that kind of boxes you in having that schedule of nightly meals. But I think it allows for a little bit more creativity and you kind of branch off what the daily theme is. I love that. It totally does. There's so much you can do with sides too, because sometimes we're like, ooh, let's have some sauteed diced sweet potatoes and peppers. And other nights we're just like, let's do quesadillas on the side, a guacamole and a roasted corn. Mm, yes, that sounds great. As an Austinite <laughs> loving Tex-Mex fan, that sounds fantastic. Um, I oh, wanted good. to ask quickly about Pizza Fridays at the house. I know you mentioned that on the schedule. I think you talk a lot about, about that in a little bit of a sentimental way too. T- tell me about kind of the significance of Pizza Fridays. It's definitely become a, a popularized tradition in your content over the years. Totally. Alex, we have been doing Pizza Friday since before we became parents and our oldest is six years old. I actually just auctioned off Instagram famous Pizza Friday and Evening in Sicily with Brandy Malloy and Mr. Amazing because it has just become kind of the talk of the town in our community, at the school, at the church. It's such a special tradition. My husband really started um, kind of taking pride into making his own pizza dough. And ironically, he actually grew up working in a pizzeria. His grandparents owned a pizzeria. And uh, most of the time he was washing dishes or busting tables, but he's always loved pizza. Mm. So he started working on this dough. It's a 48 hour dough and he'll make it on Wednesday and then it'll hang out in the fridge and develop flavor. And then the morning of pizza Friday, he'll take it out and he has a whole rhythm. But I think what's special about The pizza is he does three homemade sauces. He does a white sauce, which is Pecorino Romano and Parmesan cheese. He does a green sauce, which is a pistachio pesto. And then he does a Pomodoro San Marzano tomato sauce. And we always invite people over. We love to host. Sometimes we're hosting friends. Sometimes it's my kiddos' friends. So we're, you know, getting to know new people. And it's really become such a special tradition that we look forward to every single week. There's always an abundant farmer's market salad. I'll make appetizers or a signature drink. And then we always end the night with salted chocolate chip cookies, usually made with brown butter and some vanilla bean ice cream. 
Oh, so well-rounded. I knew, I knew you'd have the, the right menu to accompany the pizzas as well, too. It's been great to yes. follow the tradition. Uh, one one controversial question, just because I sprung for myself and got a pizza that I really wanted, but I hadn't had anchovies on a pizza in a long time. Are you in or out or anchovies on a pizza? I am out when it comes to anchovies on a pizza, but if someone knows how to make a delicious Caesar dressing with the anchovies, I will oh, totally yeah. have a couple complimentary anchovies on top of my crispy cold Caesar salad. But that's the only that's the only time you'll see anchovies on my plate. Okay, noted. Well, my, my other pizza <laughs> question is going to be more baking specific because I'm going I'm to get into this week's uh, Thanksgiving menu that I recently revealed thanks to our audience in recent weeks. Now, I know you, Brandy. I know that you are about the cores with Thanksgiving. You like doing the traditional things. But mm-hmm. I am branching off a little bit, and I think you'll like the theme. I'm going to be doing a football food-themed Thanksgiving. So I'm still making the turkey. I'm doing the traditional sides. Okay. But we're also going to introduce some fun game day snacks, and it's going to include making some homemade pizzas. So what do I need to know, uh, and what else do I need to do to set the scene for, for a football food Thanksgiving theme like that? Well, as far as the dough, I think you should start working on that now. Because I feel like a lot of people, when they um, are first starting with pizza dough, they get really stressed and they end up overstretching it and then it gets holy on the bottom or they mess with it too much or they don't take it out early enough. Um, So that would be my biggest tip with the pizza dough. But I'm kind of into this idea because I do love sports season. So I feel like this this could be fun. you know, I have my jalapeno popper dip inspired by Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. So that's an easy one that is super delicious. And I know you're a big bacon fan, so it incorporates bacon. It's my jalapeno popper dip. It's super easy. I think it's five ingredients. And what makes it really yummy is you're going to mix fresh jalapenos with canned jalapenos and canned chilies. And you basically throw everything in the crock pot with a couple of different cheeses and it stays warm and gooey. So that's like the perfect little appetizer while people are hanging out, watching the game and, um, you know, starving, but that'll, that'll satisfy them until the turkey's ready. No, I like that for sure. So that 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 jalapeno popper dip is going to be on the menu for sure. Uh, we'll be probably doing the turkey, then maybe we can get creative and turn into some sliders or sandwiches after the fact. But I'm looking forward to mixing up the theme uh, this year. And you mentioned that dip. It was funny that I saw that come across my feed, named appropriately and and, and right with the times, Brandy, the Travis Kelsey jalapeno popper dip. Um, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on Travis and Taylor and the her new NFL fandom and this exciting relationship they're all watching every single day. Oh, I am living for it. That is my Roman empire. I, am, <laughs> I feel like I'm on social media way more now just so I can see any new photos. I'm analyzing every image that comes out, how their fingers are you know, locked together, the way he looks at her when he opens the door. Um, I'm in it. And I don't, I don't, you know, I would love for it to be the end game for both of them, but even, even not, there's just been so many exciting new experiences for her as a Swifty in this relationship. So I'm excited for it. I'm into it. It's fun seeing her at the games. Definitely causes quite the commotion in the sports world as well, which is what we love for the content side of things. And as far as your your fandom with Taylor, let's just get to the the elephant in the room. You got to the Eros tour. You got to the show of the year. The the maybe the concert of the decade, the tour of a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, just tell tell me everything and go ahead and blabber about how amazing she is on stage. 
So listen, I just have to back it up by saying I got my tickets back in like October, November of last year as a verified fan. Actually, I didn't even get them the first round and I was really sad. And this past year was a big birthday for me. And my high school bestie and I had just planned on going to it. And we just weren't, we were not ready for how hard it was going to be to get tickets. And then I got an email from Ticketmaster saying hey, we noticed that you weren't able to secure a ticket. We're going to do another round. So I was like, you know, thanking my lucky stars that I even got to go. But she and I were on the floor and I have never been anywhere where there is just so much support and love from everyone. Like everyone is in the best mood ever. No one can bring you down. And she is, she's an athlete. I mean, from everything Mm. from just the way that she moved, I don't even know how she could, you know, keep her stamina the entire time dancing for close to four hours, the outfit changes, the 40 songs, the little isms that she's known for the way she engages with her, her fans and the people in the stadium. It's, it's insane. It's unreal. It's like no other, um, thing I've ever witnessed. And I did get to go twice. I don't know if you also knew that. <laughs> I did see that. That was awesome. Yeah. Better I the know. second, better the second time or the first time. This, the first time was special because I was on the floor with my best friend from high school. So, you know, it's like we're, we're listening to these songs that we have grown up listening to. And then the other opportunity was totally different. A friend surprised me. And that was that was great, too. But um, I mean, I could have gone every night if I could have afforded it. Right. I would yeah. have gone every night. You, you <laughs> saw something new every time. So you said, I mean, you said 40 songs. It's unbelievable when you look at the set list and not only her catalog, which we all know, what's maybe one or song or or song performance that's still sticking with you to this day from, from the show? Oh, she did an acoustic set and she sang the song Maroon and, or even all too well. I mean, I, everyone was just super silent, engaged. It's funny. I, I rarely saw people like I don't know, leaving to go to the bathroom. Like we were all like in this crazy, like outer dimension experience. It, I don't know. I, I watched those videos like every night for weeks, the ones that I took at the concert because yeah, I just couldn't believe that it was real. <laughs> That's so awesome. But she's, she's that talented. Oh, the best. Uh, Eros tour again. Cool experience from Brandy Malloy. You can check out that experience on her Instagram and all our other great content. <laughs> we mentioned the, the recipe stuff, but I want to get to a couple of life, life hacks because you blew my mind uh, with a couple of things that you posted in your feed recently. This is a big one. Okay. I just okay. got a big grocery delivery, just like lots of people do. It's a regular recurrence, getting the groceries and bringing them home. And I stuff every single vegetable I possibly can. I'm trying to eat healthy into the produce bins, just like I all thought we should be doing. But Bernie Malloy, I'm here to ask you, should we not be using the produce bins for produce bin for produce usage? Explain what's going on here. You can, you can, if if they're taking a field trip there before they die and you toss them in the trash. Oh, okay. Got it. That's what happens. So many <laughs> Americans, they use those produce bins. They think they're doing the most. You know, they're rinsing their veggies. They're letting them dry. They're doing all the hacks to make sure there's no mold spores. And then they put them in the veggie bins and they forget about them. Or there's a container blocking another container or a bag and you don't see it. And the produce goes bad. And then it's unusable and it's a waste of money and it's a waste of food. So my hack is... Don't use them. Don't use the bottom one if you never open it. Put your condiments in there. Put your yogurts in there. Put things that 
you know, maybe last a lot longer, your lemonades, your juices, and put your produce front and center where you can see it. Or in my case, we end up using the shelves on the door of our refrigerator. And that's really the best way because I can see everything filed right in front of me. I'm not digging. There's nothing hiding. And I have noticed since I've implemented this over a year ago that we have less food waste. Mm, that is an interesting hack. And it makes me think too, when I'm reaching for that late night or that afternoon snack, maybe if the fruit and veggies are just right out there in the open and, and there's less of a barrier, I might go for those instead of the, the chips or the cookies. So there might be something to said for, be said for that too as well. Hey, at least try there first, then get the cookie. Cause you know, I can't, I can't quit my Oreo addiction. I don't expect you to. Definitely. Yeah. Um, the, the other one I wanted to talk about was tackling the, the age old dilemma with you and your significant other, or just whoever you're living with of what do we need at the store? Now you have mm. a great solution for this with how to kind of figure out what's needed at the house and what isn't from a groceries perspective, uh, using the notes app on your phone. How does that work? Yes, this all comes down to time management. So my husband and I have a grocery list that lives in our notes app on our phone. And so we have created just a nice, easy dock with bullet points and the places that we shop at. So for example, you know, Costco is one of our big ones. And so we will have a list of all of the things that we get from Costco, Trader Joe's and so forth. And so anytime that we are out and about, whether I'm grocery shopping or his grocery shop, he's grocery shopping, you can share that notes app and you can share it with anyone and you can either send a copy or click collaborate and add them. You can do the same thing in Google drive. But what's great is when I am close to a grocery store or picking something up, I can go there and see, Hey, is there anything on our grocery list that we need? Yep. Um, and, and we always have our phones with us. So this, sometimes I'm in my pantry. I'm like, Oh no, we're out of something. Or I just finished the last of the coffee creamer. I immediately update the list so that he and I are never over shopping and we're never missing anything. And it is super, super helpful. Definitely. Working smarter indeed. I appreciate that one. That's definitely getting added to my life. So those, those tips okay. and a lot more coming from uh, from Brandy Malloy, again, who's joining us for our annual check-in as we head into the holiday season here. Uh, I'll get my shout out in for Mr. A. Love his creations and his meals, <laughs> but also love to see that he is out with the kids at Top Golf. I saw that he took, their, took yes. them there recently. We're big golfers here on the show. Um, tell me a little bit about the family golf experience and what you, what you enjoy about Top Golf. I just think it's great that we live close to a Top Golf. So it was one of those things where I was shooting an Amazon Live in the house, in my kitchen. He did pick up from school and then sent me a text that he was going to send, you know, him and the kids were going to go to Top Golf. And both my kids have their own little sets of clubs and they were practicing their putting. And I'm sure that my husband was getting um, some driving range time in. And uh, I love sports. It's so important that both of my kids are involved in whatever sport that they enjoy. So that is part of our daily routine, whether it's before dinner, one of us is outside in the backyard kicking the soccer ball around. Um, we don't do television Monday through Friday in our house, um, even for us, unless my kids aren't there. Maybe my husband will watch a game, but we just don't do it because there's way too many fun things to be doing outside. And, uh, all of that, you know, is related to sports, being outside, moving your body. So I think it just comes easy for us to always have that go-to as, uh, you know, when, whenever the kids are bored, what should they do? Go outside, go play some sports. Yeah. 
great to get them in the habit of all sorts of different rec- recreational activities. And they're at the age where they should just play everything and try everything at least once or twice and then see what they gravitate towards over time. So really cool to see mm-hmm. them at Top Golf. And that one near you, I know they've got a separate pitch and putt. They've got multiple levels to it. It's, it's quite quite the building they put up there. I love that brand. Oh my gosh, yes. And, and the parking lot is always packed. I mean, it's yeah. always busy. So I think it's fun because it can really become such a habitual place to meet up with friends. And a lot of our friends have kids, so it's definitely one of our go-tos. Love it. Um, all right. We got to touch on a trip that you went on recently. I actually am very jealous of my mom as well, because she got to take a similar trip, but you were in some beautiful <laughs> spots on your family Italy trip. Uh, first, let's get to the food and, and maybe your favorite memories from that pesto making class you took. That looked oh. like quite an eloquent experience. That was amazing. Oh my goodness. And what was cool is my kiddos were the only kids there and they had the best time. This um, is a pesto making class that's right outside of uh, Cinque or in Cinque Terre in Manarola. And it's right on the cliff of just sea green, blue water. It's, I think, a two hour class and also includes an entire meal. So you walk in and you get the mortar and the pestle and the fresh basil. And the person that owns it is just walking you through the history of pesto. And then also the history of Cinque Terre. And um, the entire experience is just so hands-on. The customer service is excellent. And then they go around kind of getting your order and you, you, you know, right before, um, you're done making the pesto, they bring out these boards with burrata and fresh tomatoes and meats and breads and fruit and, um, a bottle of wine. And so you're eating that delicious fresh pesto with all these other toppings. It is so fun. 10 out of 10 would recommend. It took me way too long to get on the burrata bandwagon. I don't know what oh, it yeah? was, Brandy. I've been going to a lot of Italian restaurants lately, and I've been leaning towards the burrata recently. I imagine you probably had a couple of good burrata experiences there. Oh, oh yeah. And that's actually Mr. A's next uh, goal, is to learn how to make homemade burrata. Because it's really just mozzarella filled with curds and whey, and apparently... You know, it's obviously 10 times better than even what you can get at a gourmet cheese shop. So maybe next year I'll be able to share that we're now making all of our own homemade cheeses for Pizza Friday. Nice. As if we're not jealous enough of the pizza. Yeah, that that sounds like (laughs) a good plan. Uh, One other food thing I had to shout out from Italy, which was interesting to me because I had, you know, I think we've seen a lot of fried food creations in the U.S. and we've seen a lot of combinations of fried food. But tell everyone a little bit about fritto misto in Italy and kind of what, what goes into that dish specifically. It looked very unique. Oh, man. So this is in Monterosso al Mar in Cinque Terre. It's the last beach city in that little area. And um, basically, right when you get off the train in that town on the left hand side is this stand and it's lightly fried calamari, fish, shrimp, sardines, vegetables. Uh, I think they also have chicken and then crispy fries. And it is cooked right there in front of you. It is so light and delicate and salty and fresh and flavorful. And sometimes it's served in a big cone. So you have the fries on top with all of the calamari and the the fish and the shrimp. Um, Super affordable, tastes delicious. And then most of the time people will take it down to the water and it's, it's finger food, but it's funny. If you close your eyes, I feel like it could totally go toe to toe with some of the nicer places in LA as far as seafood is concerned. 
Definitely. Yeah. I can picture that being an elite beach snack, especially in a yeah. destination like that. Yes. So good. Um, well, tell me a little bit about the kids' reaction to the trip. Like if you were to just go ask them this evening, you know, what are their favorite memories of the Italy trip? What, what would they blurt out to you? Well, I want to say for all the parents listening, we were gone 16 days and so many people were so concerned that we were bringing our six and four-year-old. And I just want to say, not only is Europe doable, it is enjoyable. We had the best time with our kids, with each other. We didn't want the trip to end. We were moving nonstop, taking trains, taking planes. And, you know, we just had the strollers. We put the kids in the strollers and we had all that freedom and we would just take them all over. But I think one of my favorite memories is in addition to the pesto making class, we took a pasta making class. And this was so intimate. It was with two chefs, a a patisserie chef and a gourmet chef. And we went back to their villa in Italy Full disclaimer also, it was the equivalent of what you would pay going to one of those Sir Latab cooking classes, like less okay. than $100 a person, wow, nice. not expensive at all. And we were with them for four hours and we went to their home, um, talked about you know what we were going to make. They had a beautiful spread for us of appetizers. And then we walked right behind their home and went to their garden and we just started harvesting fresh peppers and tomatoes and squash blossoms. And then the woman was working with our kids to create the dessert and the bruschetta. And my husband and I were learning how to make fresh pasta and the sauce. And it was so cool. And we were there for like four hours. And then they served us. And, um, you know, my kids were running around in the yard chasing lizards. And it it was just so cool because we were completely immersed in Italy with, you know, native Italians um, and just feeling so welcome and learning so many different things. Even someone like me that works as a food reporter and is a at-home cook, I learned so many amazing tips and tricks from that chef. And I highly recommend it if anybody is interested. Next time they go to Italy, I can give you all the info on it. Definitely. That's a really kind of unique, literally farm to table experience there with the pasta making. And uh, yeah, again, it's Brandy Malloy. Make sure you follow her, send her a message if you're looking for any of those experiences or recreate those. Uh, And obviously her recipes and life hacks as well. Let's wrap up with one more taste of the holidays before we sign off here, Brandy. I know you just got off of your uh, shoot for World Market, which we always joke is the unofficial beginning of the holiday season. Uh, So tell me (laughs) a little bit about the the Christmas and holiday themes that, that you were introduced at the shoot? Oh, it was so much fun. My entire house was just filled with all sorts of Christmas decorations. Um, we did three commercials when we were working on that last week. And uh, the decor that I gravitated towards, because I get to do a lot of the creative directing for these, was really channeling Kris Kringle Marts, the Christmas markets in Germany. Oh, and, wow. um, and also kind of Scandinavian designs. So things that are just very natural wood, reds, whites, things that felt, um, very European. And so that was my entire tree. And then, uh, world market has these really cool new charcuterie boards. One of them is the shape of a sleigh, <laughs> which obviously slays. And that yep. would be such a fun, little, uh, home decor item to add to your holiday party this season, because it 
obviously is functional, but it has kind of that little cheeky play to it by looking, you know, looking like Santa's sleigh. Um, we did a sparkling cider bar, which is really cool because for me, I love always having non-alcoholic drinks that are fun. It's yeah. not for me. It's not always about alcohol. And so I did a really great apple and cranberry um, cider and you can make it sparkling or leave it just like the traditional juice and had fun with all sorts of garnishes and different glassware. And then we did a commercial um, where I made a whole bunch of different gift baskets. So World Market is really my go-to for gifts. So you can go there and pick up a basket and then they'll give you examples of how to fill it, you know, whether it's for the cook in your life or the person that loves to host, they, they really have something for everyone. And that is, yeah, you're right. It's the start of the season and we always do it before Halloween, which is really weird. It um, is. But I, it, I so does the stuff, doesn't the stuff come down for you for a little bit, right? You, you take it all down yeah. and put it back up, right? I did, Alex. I, I decided this year, I think two years ago, we left it up because it was maybe right before Halloween. But no, we took it all down and it feels good. The house is back. But Monday, I have a Halloween shoot. So um, I'll have all sorts of stuff back out for Halloween. Love it. Awesome. Brandy, thanks again for the annual check-in. Love hearing the update on you and the family out in Southern California. Again, follow along with Brandy for all her great food and life hack contact and uh, have a happy holiday season as well. Yes, thank you. You too. And we're back. Great chat there with Brandy Malloy. Love hearing her insight, what's in on the holiday season every yes, year. And I'm a big fan of jalapeno poppers, and you put it in a dip so you can just constantly go at it and maybe not feel as fat or maybe feel fatter. I don't know. I love the tip. It's a great, yeah. it's a great little side item. And I appreciate Brandy Malloy. She's honing in the moment. It's not the jalapeno popper dip. It's the Travis Kelsey mm. jalapeno popper dip. You know, you got to stay with the times. Uh, so football foods, like I mentioned, was my theme for this Thanksgiving this week. I hope you took those recipes out there for great ideas for you. If you're looking for a last minute idea or snack to have on your spread, I always appreciate Brandy having her perspective on during the holiday season. It's great to hear the update from her family as well. And she's a fantastic follow on social media. And if you like that conversation with Brandy, plus everything else we do here on this podcast, make sure you punch that subscribe button right now. Leave us a rating of uh, however many stars you feel appropriate. Any, yeah. Just for reference, Four stars means you hate us. Mm, yes, that's correct. Yeah. And two stars squared means you love us. Interesting. Well, you're making us do math, but I appreciate that. And one square to the f one star to the fourth power means that we're the best thing you've ever heard in your life. No, you've gone too far at this point. No, I'll, I'll take sorry. any review now. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're following us everywhere, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, everywhere you get it. Always End With Food is our uh, Instagram uh, food uh, account where we post pictures of uh, – right now it's a lot of, a lot of Turkey Day stuff, so – um, make sure you're checking us out there as well. Of course, see all podcasts. He's official Instagram. He's uh, uh, Course of Life Alex. Yep. I'm MWRINC on Instagram. Let's talk football. Uh, it's yet an okay week this week. 
Yeah, it was okay. You know, the, we're getting to the biggest games right now. So I went yeah. four and four overall in the eight picks I had. I put them on uh, Course of Life, one on Twitter and threads as well. Uh, but we're getting down to the nitty gritty. It's Thanksgiving yeah. weekend here. Everyone who's listening right now knows it's rivalry weekend. It's primetime games. And obviously, we're headlined by Ohio State, Michigan. That's the biggest one, two versus three. Theoretically, the winner should win the Big Ten and get into the playoff. But we got an undefeated Georgia. We got an undefeated Florida State. We got an undefeated Washington. I'm wondering, is there any room for my Texas Longhorns to get in with one loss? And then that that window seems to be dwindling as the days go on here. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm sorry. They they're not getting in. It's not happening. It's tricky. It's a tricky path right now. It's very narrow. They're going to need somebody to lose. So Thanksgiving weekend's obviously going to produce a lot of fantastic mashups. Uh, check in my picks on runyourpool.com. I'll have a full preview and course life one on Twitter for the picks. But yeah, very narrow path for the Longhorns. The sad reality is they could win this weekend. They could win the Big 12 and they might not get into that 14 playoff. But have no fear. Starting next year, it'll be 12 instead of four. So this will all be a null and void debate. For, but for one more year we're going to hypothesize about the four that get in let's talk the nfl because uh your patriots on a bye week so they lost this week they've already, they've already lost it's it's been recorded they got another l in the column i'm, I'm like 10 percent more relaxed just not having the game it's amazing how that works when your team stinks let me, let me tell you you know you know what's really nice though about this weekend the giants won a football game my oh. Giants, we're going to run the table, man. We're going to beat the Eagles twice in the last three weeks of the season. Oh. We're going to run the table. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to the Super Bowl, and we're going to win it all, man. I am all in on this. And if you believe that, I have a uh a You have a chicken. piece of land to sell I, you, right? I, I have a piece of land to sell you. <laughs> <laughs> Some, whatever whatever crazy story you want me to tell you right now. I appreciate but the path. I, the I Giant, love a good path talk, Mike. I the Giants that. won a football game. Who who would have thunk it? Killing our chances at getting, you know, a number one or two pick and getting another quarterback at the draft. But yeah, you hey. know who just slid <laughs> closer to the first pick, right? You know who yeah, he, the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the race to the bottom continues indeed. It's always kind of ironic. Now 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 I'm fully realizing why you were laughing at this point. In yeah. the football season in past years, now I get it. It's like, oh, these wins are like fun, but they're like <laughs> ironically not good. So, yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. getting both sides of the coin here now. Yeah, it's just it's just atrocious. It's too bad. <laughs> but hey, it's uh, it could be really interesting to see what happens when the Giants and the Patriots meet next week. <laughs> if the Patriots win, <laughs> Thanksgiving weekend football, baby, nothing better, right? <laughs> be crazy be just crazy speaking of thanksgiving weekend football give me your prediction right now who wins the turducken trophy do we still do that on fox do we still give out a turducken trophy i think so so it would be lions packers uh so i'm gonna go with my guy who's on my fantasy football team amon ross st brown for the turducken i think he's gonna catch a touchdown pass and at least seven to nine balls i think he's gonna be the hero of the early game so i'll go ahead and say that like the lions like the commanders to cover against the Cowboys. Cowboys actually don't play great on Thanksgiving. And uh, no. mm, I think I like the Seahawks to, to play well against the Niners hmm. in the nightcap. It, it should okay. be a good day. And I'm going to go with Amon Ross St. Brown for the Turdokin. All right. There you go. Uh, let's talk a little baseball real quick. Season may be over. The Rangers may be reveling in their World Series championship. Uh, and I, you know, the news that came out this week out of out of the, the meetings that all the owners are having is that the A's are yes. done in Oakland. 
they, we kind of knew this was happening. They, they had gotten a deal for a stadium in Las Vegas, and it's official. The owners have approved it. They're there for like two more, three more years, and then they're gone. They're headed to Vegas. Yeah, so, I mean, it's tough because you see the loyalty at the last second from the Oakland fan base, but the reality is that there's just so much money and opportunity moving a sports franchise to a city like Vegas. And I can just picture it, Mike. You know, picture yourself as a New York sports fan. You know, imagine if you could get the Yankees in Vegas for a weekend series, and then in the fall you could maybe see a preseason hockey game with the New York Rangers or something like that. Or, 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 you, or you get the Red Sox there for a weekend, and then you get the Bruins against the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, there's all sorts of sports enterprise opportunity in that market. And as sad as it is to see them leave a traditional market like Oakland, I, I understand why the move was made. I mean, Vegas is really becoming a hotbed for sports. The Golden Knights, of course, are Stanley Cup champions or the yeah. reigning champs. Uh, but you, you know what is not good for Oakland, uh, good for Las Vegas in terms of sports? Uh, Formula One this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those things where I would I would have loved to love it. But there were just so many calamities along the oh way, starting with a pothole on Thursday night on the Vegas yep. Strip. Horrible. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Horrible. I love how the city spent hundreds of millions of dollars to get the race there, and they couldn't figure out the potholes in the Vegas Strip. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, there were some logistical errors and issues. I- I'm sure they're going to do everything they can to bring it back to Vegas, but it was a, a bumpy year one for Formula One on the on the Strip, for sure. It's just pretty horrible that they they miss these these uh these drain hole covers or whatever they were sprinkler heads or whatever they were on the track and then kicking everybody out of the stands and still running cars at two 30 in the morning. Have you go through and finish the track, which I'm sure everyone loved in their hotel rooms. Um, but I mean, and, and then not, not even apologizing. I mean, that's really formula one. Come on, just say, you know what? We screwed up. We're sorry. Uh, here now here's your $200 merchandise credit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Maybe it's, it lands a little better with an apology. It's just so tricky and exclusive what they were doing the whole time, Mike. You know, they put up like tape over the fencing. So like yeah, no one walking dumb. near the strip could even see a lick of the race at all. And God forbid you wanted to eat dinner or watch the race from like a rooftop bar restaurant like Beer Park at Paris. And you'd have to pay two, three hundred dollars minimum, like a food and beverage minimum, Mike, just to walk in the door and be at a bar where you can see the race for an hour. You have to spend three hundred dollars. It's just like, yeah. you know, there's. There's price tags on it like that that make it very exclusive. Again, it it was a cool spectacle in the moment. I just hope they're correcting things when they head into year two next year. You would you would think you would think Uh, before we uh, finish up on the 19th hole, let's talk college hockey. You know, I have to talk college hockey. Oh, our Bobcats? Our, our Quinnipiac Bobcats are defending Division One men's ice hockey national champions. Yes, sir. We're saying this all year. Are in a seven-game unbeaten streak. They're 6-0-1 during the streak. They've scored 37 goals during this seven-game stretch. People don't understand why we're talking about college hockey, but you have to understand <laughs> when you go to a s- small school like ours yeah. and you're just a, a sand grain on the radar of what's going on in the college sports uh, ecosystem and you win a national championship at hockey, you need to brag about it for as long yeah. as possible. So we're defending that crown and we're coming back with a new season right now as the Quinnipiac Bobcats. Great to hear that the season's off to a good start. It is. It is indeed. So we can't wait to see how the season continues. They're uh, doing awfully well in the ECAC so far to start. So we'll we'll keep an eye on them for sure. For now, let's uh, hashtag always end with food. 
Yep, it's the 19th hole, the ending of our Course Life podcast here. Our food segment to end every show, always end with food on Instagram, like you mentioned. And yeah, it's pretty much that. Like I mentioned, I got the Thanksgiving Day couch potato preview on runyourpool.com. That's right, Mike. It is a full 1,000 words plus devoted to exactly how you can be lazy, be awesome, and stuff your face all day without missing a lick or a down of football. we got three games coming at you on Thanksgiving Day. So I've got the full preview there for myself. I'm going to go with the apps right around the start of game one, around midday. And then I'm going to go with the dinner. Dinner, I say, and I emphasize it later in the (laughs) evening, around 4 or 5 p.m. We had a heated debate about this on Live Take, which is why I wanted to capitalize that the dinner is going to be later for me. The Thanksgiving meal you're doing late in the day (laughs) is what you're saying. Yeah, it's going to be football-filled regardless. Football themes, like I mentioned, again, always end with food. I'll be posting all the stuff that that I send out of the kitchen. Yes, chef, appetizers, entrees, desserts. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be fun. I have a question for you, though, about Thanksgiving week, okay, yeah. because this is the issue in my household right now. What do you do for dinner Wednesday night? Because, mm. you know, I'm doing a lot of my prep work Wednesday. I don't really want to cook. Do you go out? Do you order in? Do you make someone else in the house do do dinner for you? I mean, what 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 do you there's so many options here and none of them feel right to me. You know what? We got a good 90 seconds to talk about this. So the last couple of years, two years ago, I had a fantastic what we would call Black Wednesday out where I went out. I got a nice dinner, little pizza at a brewery, and then we went out to karaoke night night before Thanksgiving. Okay, last year I didn't do that because I ran five miles in the turkey trot, so I laid low. But this year I'm going back to the 2020 run routine. So I'm going to take myself out to dinner somewhere is the answer before we do the karaoke night. I haven't decided what my song is going to be, Mike. I'm thinking pizza or tacos off the top of my head. It's one of those things where you want to stay away from what you're having on Thursday. On Wednesday yes. night. So I want to stay no away from that in terms of food genre. So I'm no thinking poultry. pizza or tacos. Yeah. And right now, the early lean, Mike, is is an Eminem classic for karaoke on Wednesday night. That's the lean. Mm. All right. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see what you do. I think, I think for us, we're actually going to uh, buy something that we just pull out of the freezer. Got this place in town that is meat pies, British meat pies. I think yeah. that's where we're leading toward right now. Um, we'll just have to make sure to get something that's not like poultry heavy. Because we're going to have a lot of poultry on Thursday. I don't blame you. You got to go easy on yourself on Wednesday night. I mean, whether you treat yourself out or you do something frozen, I I think Wednesday night, honestly, is one of the biggest like hall pass nights in terms of like, I'm not going to judge what you make or eat on Wednesday night because I know what you got coming the next day. So so pretty Mm -hmm. much everything's fair. All right. There you go. Indeed. All right. That's always done with food and a wrap on this week's Course Life podcast. Everyone have a fantastic Thanksgiving weekend holiday. You, sir, Michael, have a fantastic birthday celebration as well, too. We'll see you up for the upcoming holiday celebration next week on the Course Life podcast. Thanks for tuning in.